Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. Happy Monday. The start of another week. A very big, very <laughs> special, very jam-packed week. Well, I have no idea why you would say such a thing, Dom. All I know is today... We are recapping and going through the results of hashtag UFC Vegas 16. However, I won't play dumb anymore. We we know that this is a big week for us, don't we? Many reasons. A lot of reasons. Uh, 2021's coming early. Christmas came early. Yeah. Santa already paid us a visit. Yes. We were good. Um, no if, cold. If you don't follow our Instagram, which you should go follow at... B-A-J underscore MMA podcast, yes. correct? Yes, correct. Uh, you could have seen, and you should go follow us over there. Or on our Twitter, same handle, at B-A-J underscore MMA podcast. We teased this Thursday, we got a pretty big announcement coming. And look, it's, it's you know, 2021's coming early. Oh, yeah. This is very exciting stuff. Oh. We are ecstatic for this announcement. Yeah, 100%. We've not had an announcement in a little while. Yeah, I mean, the last announcement... We've just been grinding. The last announcement, we were one month in. Yep. Our first official sponsor, Anchor. Yep. Shout out to Anchor. Shout out Anchor. Still good to us. Love them. We haven't announced anything since then. We haven't. So what could it possibly be? Well, you'll have to wait till Thursday to really find out. Mm-hmm. Also. <laughs> yes. Well, that's reason number one. Reason yeah. number two, this is a big week. Episode 50. Yeah. On Friday, the UFC 256 preview episode and reason number three we got a special episode on wednesday oh my gosh what a jam-packed week and it's a it's it's it's, it's a big one we got content coming oh, nearly every day oh, of the week they're not ready for this week at all because i'm not ready and i'm a, the co-host of this podcast <laughs> and i'm not ready so i know they're not ready see what what doesn't make me ready is i feel like once everything has been unveiled like there's no going back no we okay, just, if we thought that, we we throw it on them, and if we thought that we were in too deep yet already, nope, no. we got deeper. Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In case you guys can't tell, we're really teasing this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's coming on Thursday. It is a big week though. If you want to go by just the uh, the episodes that you would expect today, obviously we'll go through some news and then the hashtag UFC Vegas sixteen results and recap capped off. With a huge decision victory for Marvin Vittori over Jack Hermanson. Vittori finally gets his time to shine, make, takes full advantage of it. Now he's top five guy. And what a fight. By what the a way. great fight. We, we were so excited on uh, Friday. We convinced ourselves week. while yeah. talking, while breaking to it down. To change it to fight of the night. And I was like, you know what? This will be fight of the night. Yeah. And oh. uh, spoiler alert, yeah. it was fight of the night. Yes. And our, our friends that we talked to about this were like, guys. We're telling you, this is going to be an awesome fight. Yeah. And I'm so glad it lived up to expectations because I don't tend to be right about a lot of fight predictions. So. Shout out to Marvin Vittori getting the win on the big stage. Shout out to Hermanson taking short notice opponents. Doesn't yeah. give a damn who he's fighting against. Still looked great in yeah, that Yeah, that's fight. the thing is he got hurt in the first round. All bad. bad. Very bad. So I think, uh, like, you know, I think that he was, he was affected the rest of the fight. Yeah. And obviously we'll get more into it later, but just you know, I I feel like I, there's a part of me that's like, damn, like the guy took yeah. three opponents, couldn't come up with the win. Like you feel sorry for the guy, but again, 
it drops in the fifth, sixth, maybe, yeah. depending on how high they put Vittori. So, you know, he's possibly going to get that Darren Till matchup again because I think the UFC is going to respect the shit out of him oh, for yeah. what he did to. there. But, uh, yeah, we're going to start with everyone's favorite segment, the news. The news. Not a lot. I, you know, sometimes after big news segments, I like a little. Oh, we had a huge drop on Friday. I like so. a little. Yeah, that, this will be two in a row. That's not too bad. Yeah. So, so starting with our fight announcements, we're going to go over across the globe and talk about a little one championship. <laughs> they have their next flyweight title fight announced. Adriana Marais, the current flyweight champion. By the way, a three-time holder of that belt. Oh. He's defending against... A very familiar name to any UFC fan, Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson. Mm. And like Dom said, a lot of people might go, wasn't he already the flyweight champion? No, you'd be wrong. He won the flyweight Grand Prix in October of 2019, hasn't fought since then, but winning that Grand Prix set him up to get that title shot against Marais here. And I do just want to say, like, Marais has literally, in his pretty much entire tenure with 1FC, he's been chasing this belt or holding this belt. He's literally had it three times. Like, this guy does not want to give up this belt. I'm and, I, and no, like, he can't Now he's going to get the biggest fight of his career. Oh, 100% the, great, the biggest fight of his career. And he is coming off of winning the title for that third time. He had lost it in a split decision back in June 2018 Whoa. to Mr. Mm, I'm like, the first name's hard, last name. Wait, the first name is hard. Yeah, it's like no. I'm <laughs> the first name is hard to pronounce. Oh, okay. Geje, Jay Jay, Yeah. Geje. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ustakio. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really. Look it's all about up. the comp. Probably look these up before <laughs> we start. But he lost that in a split decision. Gets an immediate rematch to him and wins by unanimous decision. So, on one hand, you got to think, all right, the winner of this fight's probably fighting him next because right. <clears throat> the immediate rematch thing, you think that there would be a third fight there. But understandably, Mighty Mouse is going to get his shot. And he's going up against a submission specialist here. Nine wins via submission. He's 18 and three. Um, Mighty Mouse, you guys all know Mighty Mouse. You know how good he is. He's one of the best to ever do it. He's had an interesting run in one. He's 3-0 in the promotion. Uh, his first fight, though, he ran into some trouble early on against Yuya Komatsu. I mean, that's how you, you pronounce it. You just got to go with it. You yeah, had it. I, I just I think just, the Yuya threw you off. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I think it's more so because I feel like someone's listening, going, like throwing their headphones <laughs> because of the, my, the way I can't pronounce things. But he does get the submission win. That was the opening round of that Grand Prix in the second round, but he was hurt early. Mm-hmm. And we, again, as a UFC fan, we do not see no, never. Mighty Mouse ever be really hurt or tested very much. So, a very big surprise there, but he's looked pretty much dominant since then. I'll, I want to give a shout-out to one, by the way, for doing a very good job at treating this whole arrival of Mighty Mouse. You would think that they would have just thrown him right to the Wolves, mm-hmm. right into a title fight, boom. Here's your title fight, you've been a champion, here you go. But I kind of like that they made him go through the Grand Prix. I, do too. I, I like it. He got three fights out of the way, acclimated to moving across the world, fighting these newer guys. Now, here's your time. I like it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a. It's and it refreshing. shows like Demetrius doesn't care. It's yeah. I mean, I think he's 
Mighty Mouse has always been so respectful, mm-hmm. so humble. I think he understands that and respects the art of competition. Yep. And that this is how it should be. It's refreshing. Because yeah, he didn't look, just come as much as everybody. as much as we love the UFC, they do that. A lot of promotions do that. You know, you get this big signing and you kind of just whoop, yeah. shoot him to the top. You yeah. know, we're seeing it with Michael Chandler kind of when he was announced as an alternate for that title fight with yeah. Habib Gaethje. I know it ended up, ended up not happening, but if he would have actually gotten that shot, it would have felt a little weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, just, now that I think more about the trade, the UFC kind of did it for Ben. They didn't throw him right in either. Not, now, he wasn't a champion, obviously, coming over because he was technically retired and all about that. Ben Askren. Ben Askren. Yeah. But uh, both during this trade that we don't see, they both kind of did it that way, I guess. Uh, obviously, for Ben, it didn't play out. Kind yeah, of I mean, he was his first fight was against Robbie Lawler, who, you know, at that time, I know now, like, Robbie, there's a lot of questions on where his career is really going. Then you got to think, th- I mean, say he would have beat Jorge, he probably would have got a title shot next. Yeah. But the thing is, is like he was nearly finished by Robbie in the yeah. first thirty oh, yeah. seconds of that fight. Oh, yeah. Then he does get finished in the first five seconds against Masvidal, and then ultimately uh, the Maya fight gets choked out. So, yeah. as um, you guys can tell, one of the trades went very well for one person and not so I, well. Yeah, like I get it. Like now, Askren's kind of like his career's not looked at near as highly as it was before he came over. People love but, the guy, but people love him. Uh, he did quite a bit of business while he was mm-hmm. over here. I mean, he made a name for himself right away. He's very good on the mic, very confident yeah, himself, yeah. very funny guy. And he, but he's got, like, the body type and the, like, look of just, like, your science teacher mm-hmm. in high school. So, like, it's cool, you know. But didn't really work out when yeah, it came yeah. to getting to that title shot, obviously. But to kind of bring us back to Demetrius, I agree it's refreshing to kind of see him just be brought along like he's, you know, they recognize he, they recognize like, he's elite. Yeah. But they're testing him. Exactly. And well, now he gets his biggest opportunity and it's not a for sure win for him. I mean again, he's going up against a, a savage here in Marais who just refuses to let go of this belt. Mm-hmm. So that's and that plays a factor. Sure, Mighty Mouse might have the advantage everywhere for all we know. But there is something to that championship mentality, yep. and like, you re- if you're able to recognize, oh, this guy's trying to steal everything I've ever worked for. If you can really put yourself in that mindset, there's no telling how this fight goes. Willing to go in there and leave it all in out there, you know? Yeah, leave it all in there, leave it all out there. I, <laughs> hey, I'll just say both. Both. Moving on to our second fight announcement. Here we're back in the UFC, uh, back uh, in the shocker. <laughs> I'm gonna say this is probably the most shocking fight announcement I've ever heard just because I just never would have thought this would have happened. Dominic Cruz has been announced for a fight at UFC 259 which as we said on Friday is happening March 6th but against Casey Kinney the rising prospect. Contender Series alum. Yeah and um, I want to get your thoughts here but what was so shocking to me because I do think that this is a fair fight like I don't think this is a given win for Cruz at all like Kinney is a Savage. Great. He looks fantastic. But based off of Cruz's kind of comments when he last fought uh, the co-main of UFC 249, he ultimately lost that fight against Henry Cejudo Mm -hmm. for the Bantamweight belt. I know there's a lot of controversy on the stoppage, but he he lost. Um, So in the lead up to that and afterwards, he basically 
said he wanted to only take like legacy fights. Yeah, I, I had to a certain extent didn't even know if he would even fight. Yeah, because he's been doing the commentary. And yeah, all, I mean he's great stuff. at it. He he's got he's living comfortably in the in the booth. You know, he is, in my opinion, improving with each event. Yeah, at first like he was him. a little shaky, but he has gotten better. Yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. I like him more for his analysis. He's I, very intelligent. Yeah. yeah, and I and I really respect that because I think it's a good contrast to some. And not that the other guys don't offer that, but <clears throat> when you have guys like Cormier, even Rogan, mm-hmm. where they have more of the personality, or Michael Bisping, where they're like very entertaining. Yeah, it's nice to have someone who's able to counteract that and be more reserved and more uh, thought out, more... Yeah, I really calm. liked the group they did this past Saturday. Him, Paul Felder, and then Anik, obviously. Yeah. That's all of them. That's a great group. Yeah, yeah. That, they did well together. Anyway, fighting was... <clears throat> yeah, so hard. here he is back, and that's why it was so surprising, is just because you thought what we had kind of assumed was he was either probably done... Or he would only take a high-profile matchup. I know? wanted Frankie or Aldo. Frankie, you had Aldo. You had maybe a, a, a rematch with Garbrandt out yeah. there. Maybe a trilogy with Dillashaw. Like, you know, you had these options yeah. that uh, looked like they were plausible. But instead, he takes Kenny here, who is... On a tear. He's on a tear, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's 16-2-1, and one, and really... Based off of his UFC losses, he only has the one. I mean, he lost in the Contender Series, but um, ultimately his one loss was to Mirab Davalishvili, mm-hmm. who is a power grappler. Right, number 12th in the yeah. division. So another guy who we might be looking at in the top of the top here soon. But that's really all we've seen him have a hard time with is like those, that power gra- mm-hmm. grinded-out style, and Cruz doesn't really offer that. He's very unorthodox. He's oh, very, yeah. he's such a puzzle oh, he's of a striker. He's very unique. He's fantastic on the. He's feet. one of the he's most just, unique stylistic fighters I've ever seen. Yeah, and I mean, up. and he's very well rounded. But you're not gonna have to worry about him grinding you down no. and like throwing you to the ground and like. He's gonna pick you apart. Yeah, point fight you. So he that's where this fight gets interesting because Casey seven finishes and sixteen victories, five of them by submissions. So. He was just in a fight of the night. His last fight too. Yeah, against Nathaniel Wood at yeah. two fifty four. Um, but that's why this matchup is so interesting. So I'm curious your thoughts. Good for Casey Kenny. I mean, hello. <laughs> a huge opportunity. Top here. ten, Dominic Cruz, a legend, one of the best bantamweights of all time, if not the best, depending on some people. Um, he made my top ten list way back when, yes, which seems did. like forever ago when we made that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Dominic, I... shout out to you for accepting this fight. I mean. <laughs> It's kind of reminding me of the whole Anthony Pettis fight that we announced on uh, Friday with uh, Moreno. Morano. Yeah. Morano. Because, you know, similar to Dominic Cruz, Anthony's just a legend, former champion. Really just a guy right now that you think is just going to do big fights. I mean, Anthony just came off that uh, fight with Cowboy Cerrone doing these legendary type fights. But here's Dominic Cruz and him both fighting these young up-and-coming prospect guys, especially here in this Cruz versus Kenny fight. I don't really know what to expect from this because I know Dominic Cruz still has it in him. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw him fight Henry. and He didn't look bad against yeah. Henry either. It was he literally, I mean, they both were kind of like feeling each other out mm-hmm. for the first two rounds, and then he got caught with that freaking shin to the face that would yeah, probably that put out a lot yeah. of people cold. He didn't. He was working his way back to his feet. And then, uh, yeah. was it Keith Peterson, I believe? Yeah, I, I think, think it was so, Keith yeah. Peterson steps in and stops it. A lot of controversy there. I looked at it like, should the fight have been stopped? Probably not. 
Especially because it was like with, what, four or five seconds left in the round? It was later in the round. And he was working to his feet, but, you know, uh, it happens. and In the moment type decision. Like, it's hard for me to really be yeah. too angry about it because I understand Cruz being angry about it, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, so this fight came out of left field. Good for Casey Kenny. A lot, really nothing to lose here if you're Casey Kenny mm-hmm. at all. For Dominic, you have nothing to really gain from this. Besides the fact that saying you still got some gas left in the tank. But, I mean, if he's wanting to try and get his belt back, this isn't going to get him there, in my opinion. Well, it might not not get him there. Like, it might not be he wins this and he gets a title shot. But he is still one of the biggest names in the division. Oh, yeah. So he gets a win. He's able to bounce back. And then maybe you look to one of those high-profile matchups, like the trilogy with Dillashaw. Yeah, or yeah. we never see Dominic. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's always just in title fights or big fights. Yeah. And here he is. Just, you know. I mean, that's fine. Game. Like, again, I think it's good for him. Oh, actually. I like it. In a way, I think it's good. Like, I'm kind of glad this is what's happening. Um, I do still think, like, the Aldo or the Edgar matchups were very enticing and very realistic for where they're at in their careers. But... That's not the what direction they're going. They're kind of doing the veteran prospect matchup here, which we've again been seeing a lot recently with Pe- you know Pettis Morano we just talked about. And Dominic Cruz still only thirty five, so yeah. you never know what type of runs people can go. And we're talking about I a mean, guy that's been injury prone his whole career. Yeah, I'm like imagine what he could have accomplished. What a story! Oh man, like seriously, for any of you who don't know, really the the just the story that Cruz has had through his UFC tenure, please. Take some time and and educate yourself on it because it's one of the most inspiring stories you out there. I mean, a guy who was the OG bantamweight champion of the UFC after the merger with WEC comes over, wins the belt. He was pretty dominant with it. However, the problem was he got it's hard for me to even get the timeline together. He tears an ACL. Eventually, an interim champ is brought in. That's Henan Burrell. He ends up tearing his other ACL, so then Hennon Brow becomes the undisputed champion. And then, like, the, the um, what was it, cadaver that they put into his, uh, like, knee During or whatever. During surgery. Yeah. yeah, it, like, rejected it. So, I'm, I'm telling you guys, I look it up. You'll be able to get a more clear picture here. But, literally, his whole career has been riddled with these serious injuries. But the best part about it was he was able to come back, like, after he hadn't fought in like two years, two mm-hmm. and a half years, wins the belt from TJ in his first fight back or second fight, first fight back. I don't know. Yeah. Wins the belt from TJ. Um, he did lose it to Garbrandt. And then he had another extended hiatus from 2017 until 2020 this year uh, due to injuries again. Um, but he came back and like, look, even in the Cody fight, Cody had an amazing performance, but like Cruz never looked like he had lost a step. Yeah, Cody just looked world class. In yeah, that, fight. that and, was insane. In the Cejudo fight, sure he got finished, but again with a kick that would have probably knocked out cold the majority of people in that division, and he was hurt. Yeah, and that's two of his three losses ever. We had never three losses really. We never really seen Cruz's chin be tested, so you know, checks off there. Yet to see him really look like he's lost a step. Mm-hmm. Checks off there. I see no reason why we won't see. A classic cruise here. Yeah. Is it good enough to beat Kenny? I don't know because Kenny looks great as well. Oh, it's a very interesting stylistic fight. Yeah, Casey Kenny. I want to see how he is going to perform under these bright lights here. Yeah, this is a big t- a challenge profile. for him. Is he going to keep bringing that intensity, that action that we know and love him for? It's a high profile match. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Now, this has main card written all over it. I can only oh, yeah. imagine. Yeah, you'd have to think this so. Is, so this is an awesome fight. Mm-hmm. Very random. Very it's random. Very but random. we love it. Yeah, so that's all for the fight announcements. As for the rest, there's really one big storyline going around here. After Saturday night's fights, uh, Dana White, as per usual, has his post-fight press conference. Um, I guess really before that, it was announced, I believe, Friday well, yeah. Yeah. night, it was announced that Yoel Romero, one of my favorite guys, uh, this hurts, he was cut from the UFC. Three fights left on his contract. Um, he last His last fight was back in February for the belt against Adesanya. Um, it was a shock, to say the least. However, when Dana gave his reasons why, it made sense mm-hmm. somewhat. You know, he's 44. 44. Uh, he lost, lost four, four of his, his last, last five. five. Even though I was still looking at it like, okay, I get the age thing. But just saying he lost four of his last five, like I feel like that's a very surface-level observation. When you really dig into those fights, like... He did not look bad in the majority of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, not a Sanya fight. Nobody really looked good out of that. That but doesn't count as a fight. The Costa fight was a, like a fight of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, the, <laughs> two of them are to Robert Whitaker. Yeah, which are two of the best title fights ever. The second one especially. He knocked Luke Rockhold's head into the stands. <laughs> yes, he did. And he has also missed weight a few times. That's that, another. So that was kind of what I was going to That wasn't at. mentioned. But... When you really look at his career, it's been kind of a weird one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just, there's a lot of the missing weight. Like, he, he would be our... He could be champion. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just so crazy how his careers went that he never won a belt, but he fought for the title so many times. Yeah, if and, he was on weight in the Rockhold fight, he would have been interim champ, yeah, right? interim so. champ. But then he still got the undisputed shot. <laughs> yeah. Missed weight, went to a split decision, almost knocked out Whitaker. Yeah. So he could have ended up winning that fight, but it would have been like Figgy Venabita's situation. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wins the belt. It's it, it was kind of a mess, but like he was so entertaining to watch at times. Yeah, I mean, look character. at the first time I ever saw him fight was UFC two hundred five in New York, oh. Madison Square Garden. He went up against Chris Weidman, who Blood. it was his first fight. Weidman after losing the belt, I believe, the Rockhold. Mm. So, mm. Uh, Yoel lands a flying knee as mm. Weidman's going for a shoot on the takedown. Oh, it looked like a scary movie. In he his the side of. Weidman's head was leaking. Yeah, it was bad. But like, and then he gets on the mic and he's like, and you have him Michael and Michael Bisping. Bisping. Yeah. See you soon, My, boy. There's something that, when Rogan's doing the post fight, he goes, "Well, there's Michael Bisping on the big screen," and then Michael flips him off. He yeah. goes, "And he flipped you to bird." <laughs> Just the 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 the, the like. That's he's when like, the legend of Yoel Romero began, and he's that just night. like, "I love you, like I love you, Mike." See you soon. Boy, yeah, his accent, like you, I fell in love with Yoel Romero, and I'm like, this then dude he made, is. He made all, him and Bisbing had all the shit talking back and forth, yeah. and he made like the video, burning the flag and like the Cuban cigar, and he's like, well, out of fight, give me that fucking boy. He's <laughs> like, give me your boy. Like I, I couldn't help but love the guy. Oh man, despite you know the missing weight and shit, like it's. You know, even back in the day, he had that awesome fight with Tim Kennedy where into Stoolgate. You ever heard? Oh yeah, the water. Yeah, where he basically he was uh, on his stool. He was being beaten bad by Tim Kennedy, and the rent like John McCarthy's like, "All right, corners, get out. Rounds about start." Well, then they're like, "Wait, Yoel's like (laughs) they were just basically pouring water on him." Yeah. So then that gives them extra time to like wipe him off, and then. 
they're like trying to get out of the octagon and they're like but he's like sitting on the stool the whole time resting <laughs> yeah. as they're like kind of scrambling i'm putting quotations up right now because i think it was pretty calculated yeah. but he ends up finishing kennedy in the third round of that fight so controversy there and then you know with his accent it's hard to like understand him sometimes so he was talking about jesus i believe after that fight or after one of his fights and it, and like it sounded like he said like no for gay Jesus or something like that. So people thought he was talking about like LGBT like in a negative way, but I don't think that's what he was trying to say. I think it's just the accent misconstruing what he was saying. But anyways, it's been an interesting. He's run, had so. a lot of memorable. Yeah, he's just a very memorable guy, and it's such a surprise to see him cut. Even if like the age thing makes sense, even though he still was built better than any individual I've ever met. I don't really agree with the four of his last five. I know he does make a lot of money for every fight he gets at this point, so maybe it's a cost-saving measure, and I think what I'm going to leave. Well, this leads us into what What, happened further in the press press conference. um, After talking about Yoel, he basically, Dana was like, flat out, this is the first of many. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roster is very inflated. Going to see a lot of names going in the next several weeks, and the number that keeps being thrown out is 60. I don't know if Dana himself said that or if that was... He said nearly around 60. Okay. And a, yeah. So, I mean, I guess in a way we've already seen this. Because uh, really, probably Juicier Formiga was probably really the first one to kind ter- of... Especially of name value. Anyway. Yeah, because I mean, even though I think people weren't too shocked by that one because flyweights have kind of been in that situation mm-hmm. for a while. But We're seeing now, those now Yoel, yeah, Yoel, like that's a big shock. So now you're talking about 60 people. I do agree on one hand that the UFC's roster is very inflated right now. I mean, they have more fighters under their roster than there are NBA players. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's a lot of fighters. And I know that they put on a lot of events every year, and now you have the Contender Series, and you've got the Ultimate Fighter coming back. So you've got this revolving door of guys coming in here. And it's not uncommon for the UFC to do year-end cuts, but of this size, this it's, a it's a big one. And I think a lot of the questions are like, what's the reasoning? And most signs point to the year we're in being 2020, cost-saving measures. Is that kind of where you're thinking here? Um, I mean, I just think it's a bunch of different reasons. I think it's interesting that he said, not only are they going to cut people, but he said there's going to be some names. Oh, yeah. He said, like, get ready. Th- yeah. There's going to be some so I'm high kinda, level. It makes people. me nervous. Yeah, this is very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of like how you worded it when you talked about oh, Yair. Like eerie. Yeah, just what's going to happen? Who's going to be next? That we're yeah. all just waiting on our toes here. I mean, you can sit there and really think about it, and the names that like come to my head, I'm like, oh boy, like yeah. Hopefully, it's not them. You know, yeah. There's because I think of guys who haven't fought in a while, guys who are ranked older yeah you have to start thinking about because when you get to those veterans they get they start getting paid a lot more Mm -hmm. like i'm talking you know six figures a fight and when you're getting to that point and ufc you know there's been a lot of talk about fighter pay and we're not gonna delve into that right now but you know when you're talking six figures in the ufc a lot of times you know some of these guys were making more than champions yeah i mean i'm thinking guys like donald cerrone you know uh, Brad Tavares, Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley, 
You know, even like a guy like Ally Aquina, like yeah, there are going to be big names. I don't know who. That's maybe Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, I could see that. You know, it's, it's Robbie Lawler. Robbie, I mean, Carlos Condit. Yeah, there are names. Yeah, so it's. it's I mean, Nate Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think so, but you know, I'm I get, just saying. I like, get your point. It makes you think. Yeah, and hopefully, like. I mean, really, at this point, like it's gonna happen. So I don't want to sit here and be like, "Well, hopefully, it's not this guy and it's this guy." I mean, you got to think like Anderson just got released. Um, Dana talked about Shogun after his fight. Probably might want to yeah, hang it up. If not, we're guy. probably just gonna release him. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's. it's I think it is a multitude of factors. Yeah, it's obviously been an insanely crazy year. No matter what way you put it, obviously the UFC has been successful, but they've had hiccups obviously any business has had hiccups so i think it's partially that i think it is partially the inflation let's let's trickle down this roster let's take out some of the older guys that aren't gonna get in there for title fights anymore we're gonna bring in these up and counter up and comers contender series ultimate fighter we've got these divisions right now are more stacked than really they've ever been a lot of them well let me raise a question for you here and this was a point i've seen being talked about a lot on twitter people being pretty pessimistic here so the the viewpoint that I've been hearing passed around on Twitter was that this is like more of a cost savings measure because, like I mentioned, would you know the UFC wants to fill these cards potentially with guys that are up and comers who will make significantly less money, right? That therefore they are paying less money per event mm-hmm. compared to filling it with names like Yoel Romero. And when which, you have events right now without asses in the seats. Yeah, you know, and I and I guess uh, I don't know if I fully agree with that viewpoint because I think a lot of it depends on how much money are these fighters bringing in. Because mm-hmm. if Yoel Romero was really like, if they UFC feels like he's worth the money to keep around, like if they were if they felt like they were making money off of having Yoel Romero on these cards, then I don't think they would mm-hmm. cut him. Maybe right. they would because of his age. I don't know. But uh, that's why I'm like, I don't know how to really feel here. It's, yeah. I, I'm, it's unfortunate. It makes me sad that it's happening. But I understand the inflation point of view. Because when I heard, I think it was over 600. Yeah, they have over 600 fighters. I mean, that's that's a lot. And when you really look at you this. you got to offer each of these fighters, by the way, three fights a year. Yeah, and, and this is going to lead into kind of the other point where... We don't really know how long this pandemic's going to continue. I mean, really, we're at a point now where it's worse than ever. Yeah. yeah. And it's affecting the UFC more so than it oh, ever has. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. We've had, like, seven straight main events be scrapped or changed due to COVID, and that might not stop anytime soon. So we don't, know, this next we don't know how long it's going to continue. But since the UFC has been back in May, we've, you know, we've – talked highly about these guys that have been getting in there fighting four times in two months mm-hmm. or you know multiple times in a week period shout out Hamza <laughs> yeah but the thing is is when you have over 600 fighters there shouldn't be a need to have guys fighting that consistently but yet right. we're seeing a lot of these same names popping up every three weeks every month so you probably have a lot of names if you really go down through the roster there's a lot of guys who probably haven't fought once this year who maybe haven't fought in the last two years or you know, maybe fought once at the beginning of the year. Like, I understand with the pandemic, they're like, we're not going to make anybody fight. But after a while, you know, at the end of the day, it's a company. And how long do you hold on to 
these guys before you just start making room because again you do have things like the contender series like ultimate fighter coming back that's going to bring in more names i mean even for the contender series they one of the cuts they made uh it wasn't as big like highly talked about but they cut a fighter that they had signed from the contender series who had yet to fight Mm. colin huckbody oh really yeah they had cut him so even those guys aren't safe yeah nobody's safe yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. We'll obviously keep you guys updated as more comes about. And obviously the hope is nearly all of these fighters, if not retiring next, will be picked up Yeah, or even dealt from the UFC to other organizations. I guess, I guess there's a positive there is that these guys, if they are cutting these big names who still have it left in the tank, well, they can still go to Bellator mm-hmm. or Ryzen or 1FC or PFL and we can see some more competitive balance across yeah. you know, these other promotions. Yep. It would be nice to be able to watch a Bellator card and at least be more familiar with a fighter because we've seen them fight for years in the UFC. It would at least make things oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, in some ways more interesting. And keep paychecks coming to their bank account. Yeah, so, so that's I, at the end of the day, like it's going to suck because the UFC is the premier organization, but I think that the, for the majority of these fighters, they'll, they'll – be fine i think they'll just move on or retire or whatever it's going to be but it's obviously a somber yeah topic so yeah any other final thoughts anxious to see uh the names that we will hear about in the coming weeks yeah and we'll obviously keep everybody updated on that but with that that is the end of the news the news time to recap a card dom let's do it i love it i uh Let's start. Let me start on the. Let's start by talking about. We broke down six oh, cards. Oh yeah. Okay. Go ahead. On uh, on Friday's episode, we had a six card breakdown. You know how excited we get oh. about the six fight main cards. Two of those fights got scrapped the day of due yeah, to COVID. It was fantastic. Well, well, there was three fights in total scrapped, including Jimmy Flick. Jimmy Flick's fight got scrapped. Damn. I believe they moved it to two fifty six. I just hope they moved it to one of them. That's what they were talking about. They said it might have been moved, pushed back. There's too much going on in December. Yeah. So, unfortunately, like, some of our previews did not even make it to fight night. And, you know, it's not the first time it's happened to us. But, man, three three fights the day of. And I I think only two of the three were due to COVID. But I don't. Yeah, one was just medical reasons. Yeah, I guess That was the Jimmy Flick one, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, and I think that's why it's now on 256. Yeah. So we ended up getting an eight-fight card, which is the third time that's happened in 2020, and that's very small for the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, typically, they try to do at, at least, least 10. At least 10, 11. I mean, we had one. What was it? The, the we had Was one it Darren was like, Till Whitaker? Wasn't that one 17 or 16? One of them had like 16 fights. That was a record. Yeah. So we're hitting that point where it's like, man, I remember at that time, we were just like, man, nothing can stop the UFC. They Not even COVID. Yeah, yeah. And here we are, and it's... it's uh, I, COVID's I, here for the championship rounds. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's very unfortunate. But I think with what we got, considering that yeah. this is out of the UFC's hands at that point, I think overall it was a great card. Oh, this card was fantastic. Yeah. Again, I love this card. And, you know, I, I'm going to sound like Dana White here, but people were shitting on this card beforehand. We try our best. And I'm like, man, like, what do you guys, like, I get it. 
not not a ton of big names here. That's when, but it, this is you know it's like the little burger bar that you see in the corner, a little dive. Yeah, you're like, oh, what the hell? I'm not going in there. Then you go in, it's the best meal you ever eat in your life. Right, best burger ever. A hundred percent. That's like how that. these cards are. And the past two cards. And it's like, how do you think these stars get made? They don't just. They got to start somewhere. They just don't pop out of the womb and they're a damn champion. Conor McGregor started on fight nights, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean. At one time, Conor McGregor was just a wee lad. a plumber's apprentice, yeah, who was living off welfare. Yeah, nobody gave a shit about him. Yeah, and now he's the biggest name to ever come through combat. Sport. Everybody's well, got to start UFC. somewhere, and and that's why these fight nights, man. For years now, especially in 2020, with so many prospects that mm-hmm. we have, fantastic fights, diamond in the rough style matchups. Yeah. And if you're a casual fan, I don't necessarily expect every right. fan to be like, oh. Let me check out this card to see who can potentially right, be an up-and-comer right, right. or future champion. But I'm saying, if I respect that, but it's to go out of your way to say that this card's shit. Right. That's where I have the problem. Because these fight, like, it could have been a shit card if they didn't deliver. Yeah, but and we they would, did. And we admit when cards don't deliver, or yeah. fights in general. So. Sometimes they just don't deliver, yeah. and that's that happens. Mm-hmm. But this card was great. I oh, thought. yeah. Considering in the, in the main event, yeah. Oh, God. so I guess we'll just go ahead and jump in here. Um, basically, the card we ended up with a five fight main card. Right. We started out with uh, I didn't even realize this guy was on the card. Uh, our contender series veteran, Mister mm-hmm. Jordan Leavitt. What a character! Yeah. What so, a wow. So I remember his performance on the contender series. He did the splits afterwards. He is, he is just a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I didn't realize he was on this card. I just didn't, I guess, really pay attention to that. I knew he was fighting Matt Wyman, who, when we've talked in the past about certain guys who've been fighting for a long time, Matt Wyman was fighting back in the UFC in 2005 and yeah. six. 37 I mean, years old now. And he had stopped fighting professionally around 2014, came back in 2019, and after Saturday he has lost all three fights he's had on his comeback. I think that's going to end that but uh, leave it, man. Ooh. The knockout, dude. Listen, one of the nastiest slams. This I've did ever not seen. blow up enough on social media, in my opinion. Agreed. Th- this you don't see this in the UFC very often. No. So here's the fight. Um, <laughs> the the horn sounds. They meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, like every fight. Uh, Matt Weidman then all of a sudden is in Jordan Levitt's arms, and he gets carried across the octagon, the whole octagon, from one yep. side to the other. Like Hughes versus Trigg. Yep. And then Jordan kind of just saddled in, tuckered his elbow right up to uh, the chin. Wyman's chin, and Batista bombed him through the canvas. <laughs> he did. He fucking Batista bombed him. 22 second, round one, body slam, knocked out cold. What was your takeaway, Well. 22 seconds. I was waiting for him to go through the canvas like mankind did when Undertaker <laughs> threw him through the cage. <laughs> he said, it was brutal. Matt Wyman's still in the shadow realm. It it was bad. It was like scary. It was scary. After a certain amount of well, time. Because the sound when he slammed, you don't hear oh, that. I mean, oh. Dana talked about that. And I remember I was like, because I, okay, so I, a backstory. I, when I was watching the fights live, I wasn't listening to the commentary. I like, I other stuff going on but so i was it was on mute but i saw it and i was like holy shit but then i saw the clip on twitter i believe you even sent it to me and i watched it and then i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah, it was bad like the sound is just like 
disturbing. Yeah, it was a thud. And then, and, and then he did the damn splits again. Jordan does the splits. <laughs> and then and he did the... He does dirty dancing with his coaches <laughs> where they lift him up. And what a character. He is just a very fun person. And I agree that that should have blown up more. Oh. And, I, and you know what? I I owe leave it a bit of an apology because I didn't really... Re- I was talking about Jimmy Flick on these prelims. I should have been giving him some yeah. props. I'm glad he got thrown on the main card, though. Oh, yeah, man. And again, another Contender Series alum showing up. Jordan's undefeated, by the way. 8-0 yeah. now. Yeah. Six of his eight wins by finish. Going into that fight, five of them were, or I think they were all submissions. So this was the KOTKO. Um, yeah, this was, you don't see slams like this happen very often. Nope. Once in a blue moon, really. Yeah. And that's across all organizations so this was something especially to start the main card off shout out jordan levitt man this guy really does have a bright future and the personality behind him they can they can build some character with him and He's what's fun. funny is, is and that, very humble and respectful yeah and what's and what's kind of funny is that his personality i feel like he kind of like he they can build something with them because i don't think his personality is necessarily gonna appeal to everybody yeah like, he kind of does have that bit of, like, a weird... There's, like, a weirdness to him. Even in his like, bio, he says nerd. Yeah, like, he kind of had... Like, I think some people, you know, we got that... When you're taught in MMA, a lot of the fan base, you know, they have that masculinity thing. So I think that uh, a guy like him can test some of those uh, maybe old-fashioned values, if mm. you want to talk about that. And I think it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with him because uh, he is so intriguing. He is performing very well. He's going to be moving up quickly if he keeps this up. And this was against a veteran in Wyman who, mm-hmm. again, has been fighting for the UFC for 15 years. Well, four off years off, yeah. 11 years. And I know Wyman is now 0-3 in his return, and I think that's probably the last we're going to see of him, I, I hope, anyways, in the UFC. Um, disappointing, obviously, for him. But, I mean, what are you going to do there? Yeah, and also, shout-out to Jordan, by the way. Uh, went up to Wyman's wife, who's in his corner, of his fights and gave her a hug and just offered yeah. his respect to her because this was a scary night. No, like, I, I, don't get us wrong, we it was insane. We yeah. love it, but at the same time, we it's talk scary like we talk guy... like this now because he ended up being okay. Right, right, exactly. But yeah, in the moment, it was oh, like wow. wow, yeah. So I'm very impressed by Leave It. He's really doing everything right right now, and I'm very excited to see when he'll get back in there. Hopefully, maybe he'll be. I mean, 22 seconds. Why not get All back right. in there in a few I'll, weeks we'll see you in january <laughs> yeah uh we'll move on to our second fight at light heavyweight did you ever get a sense again i was listening to this on mute did you get a better pronunciation of roman's last name delizze delizze oh i like that a lot better than what i was saying <laughs> roman delizze gets the split decision victory over john allen or is it alan or uh I think it's john, john allen, allen yeah. yeah brazilian though but yes. john allen uh, so it was a split decision um um, this is all. I just we got to we got to go on a rant here, right, Mister Chris Lee? Listen, <laughs> listen. I can't believe it was the same. same okay, listen, judge. listen, listen, listen. First off, we just want to say this fight was not a split decision no. at all. No. This was a clear cut three rounds to nothing. Yeah, thirty twenty seven. Boom, boom, boom. Easy. Chris Lee. I look. I'm not shit talking. I'm not calling him out. Oh, he's I judged. <laughs> he's probably judged a lot of fights, but listen, this is two in a row. This is bad. Okay. Chris Lee scored this fight 29-28 for John Allen. Roman Delize had seven minutes and six seconds of ground control time and over 60 strikes landed on the ground. 
That's a 15 minute fight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this fight, like, it John wasn't Allen close. wasn't close. It wasn't close. No, not at all. Um, and the judge, Chris Lee, scored the fight two rounds to one for Allen, causing this to be a split decision. So it's obvious with these last two, he does not give a shit about your ground control. Well, he, here's where we're going to give the, the, the thing. Well, I guess we didn't go into it. Yeah. Chris Lee's the same judge who, if you watch the. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Paul Felder main event a couple weeks ago. Or was that last week? This is like two weeks two ago. Weeks ago. Three weeks ago. He scored the fight 48-47 for Felder. And it was an obvious at best for Felder 49-46. For RDA to win. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like, so I had it 49-46, but some people had it 50-45. RDA was on the broadcast Saturday night and said... This is almost as bad as when he picked me to win my fight against RDA. Or wait, you mean Felder was on the broadcast? Who did I say? He said RDA. Oh, oops. Yes. Paul Felder was he on the broadcast. Was, yeah, because even Felder was shocked and by he, that. he said, wow, this is as bad as him telling me I won my fight against RDA. So. And again, that was a great fight, and Felder looked great. But you knew who won. But you knew who won. And again, the edge in that fight was RDA's ability to get the fight to the ground. Yeah. And able to really enforce his will there. So apparently Chris Lee does not give a shit about <laughs> grappling. And I believe his background's like a boxing judge, which I guess is But like, even on the feet, man. That's like... what I'm uh, and I agree. I agree. No no no. Don't get don't get it twisted. Fuck Chris Lee. <laughs> no, okay, well I'm just kidding. Paul, just kidding. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. I'm just kidding. But But we're just uh, it was mind boggling. Mr. Lee just, look, all respect to you. You've you've worked hard to get to your position. Um, but may God have mercy on your soul, and I hope I never see you judge a fight again in the UFC because I am I'm I'm done. The Dom, other the, Dom, I'm done because guess what? Another judge gave a round to John Allen. But you know, I get, and I'm not gonna may, I'm not gonna shit on that judge. Hold on, I I, I picked my battles here. Chris <laughs> Lee's on my shit list, not this other guy. So, what if that judge had, for some godforsaken reason, given him another round? You're telling me John Allen could have potentially, if one judge... He would have won that fight. If one judge checks his phone a couple too many times, and Chris Lee's just like, hey, man, yeah, he won, he won that round. All of a sudden, John, Al- John Allen's the winner. Yeah. You're telling me John Allen had a chance to win that fight? No, sir. Yeah, I mean, Roman essentially controlled this entire fight. Even when it was on the feet, like, yeah, John... John's best round was the third round. And I think you could potentially give that to him i did but it was only the first half yeah because he finished on his back i didn't give it to him i ultimately ended up scoring it for roman because of the last half of the round three right otherwise i would have gave one round to john either way he still lost one and two and it wasn't debatable so yeah that happened can we switch fight i'm just i mean do you want to do you want to tell anymore roman uh a he's good he's good he was undefeated he's still undefeated right yeah undefeated Big guy. Holy yes. shit. This dude was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was two of, uh, light heavyweight, 205 pounds. Very good on the ground. He got a little gas, which is, I think, why John did good that first half of round three. Mm. But for the most part, very good grappler. Was looking for submissions constantly. Good ground and pound. Just held top control. Knew what he had to do. Very confident on the ground. I was impressed. Wasn't the best performance ever. But a newcomer that a guy, you know, undefeated for a reason, like we always say, you saw why he's undefeated. Yeah. And John Allen didn't look bad, but it was just one of those fights where he just had no answers. He was outmatched, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's really the take. Because like I said, here. had he not 
gotten taken down those last two minutes around three, maybe he did win that round. But clear guy. cut at yeah. best twenty nine twenty eight. Yeah. And that's why it's just like again, it's the same judge. That's why it's just the judging in MMA, man, is Well the problem is is the state athletic commissions they tend like a lot of the judges come from a background in boxing. So Which a lot is understandable. Of them, and but I, and still. this isn't no disrespect to boxing, but when it's a whole different like MMA judges should not be judging boxing fights, just yeah, like exactly. boxing judges shouldn't be bo- or <laughs> judging MMA fights. Yeah. And Sure, you can have people that are good at both and just recognize that they're different and are able to judge both fairly. But then you have situations like this buffoon who is being you given... You really don't like Chris. I'm upset because this is... You could be costing Delize, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, major paydays here, yeah, yeah. hurting his career. It's yeah. like, dude. And, I, and maybe he's not to blame here. Maybe I should be going after the Vegas uh, Athletic Commission because they are the ones assigning these guys to these fights. I, I think I really think we need former coaches, current coaches, former fighters, the like even only, MMA writers and reporters, like the only people worry, that know the sport. Need the to only be so I agree. What I worry about when it comes to like former fighters or coaches is there is we don't really hear about it a ton, but there is that uh like pack that like pack mentality of like you know based off where a fighter former or not trained at like there could be maybe some bias towards like oh right. this guy fighting you know maybe you have a judge from Jackson Wink and then you got a guy fighting that's currently at well, Jackson right. Wink. And I know that you can that only come down to the yeah. selection process and all that. I'm just but, saying that like there's probably not a perfect answer to like but, fix but this, but there has there to be something to, better. I just don't see how at this point we're 27 years in as a sport, and we're still having like guys like this who obviously don't know the sport judging fights. And if, even if there's a way to just like train them better, yeah, to do better, yeah. I mean, you really, know, like I, I don't know. Like when you when when Johnny and it comes on the, the pay per view or the fight night and they explain the rules and how they score the fights, it's based on aggression, grappling, and striking first. Those are the three or striking and grappling first. Those are the first criteria: striking and grappling, not just striking and grappling in the fine print. They're both even striking yeah. and grappling. Yes. So that's just. And that's I, our, and and, I, and that's our rant. Delete's yeah. a great performance. I think that kid's a stud. I'm excited to see what he does next. Um, John Allen, he was tough. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He took. I mean, he he took that punishment, and really, he did. Like he looked fresh in the third round, despite being on his being controlled. Oh yeah, on his back, and you know that's a tough place to be when you have a guy with all that weight on you and stuff. So um, he'll bounce back, I'm sure, but. Yeah, I, I think the bigger takeaway here is obviously that judging and the fact that it's... It reminds me of the, the episode of Spongebob where they're like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Yeah, yeah. It's like Chris Lee got roasted. Well, the fact that this Felder. is back-to-back for him, <laughs> yeah. that's not a good Chris, look. Chris, you know, that's he had the Felder. And as much as we loved that fight and loved Felder stepping we up... We knew he didn't win. And he knew he didn't win. Yeah, and he knew. So he, he got... Ro- Chris Lee got roasted. Yeah. And he goes... I'll do it again. I'll do it. I'll you do want to see me do it again? <laughs> And he did. Yeah. He did he, do he it did again. He did do it again. So let's just give Chris Lee uh, a holiday break. Give him a vacation. Vacation, and we'll see you in 2021. Maybe. <laughs> do some, watch some grappling tutorials. All right, I'm moving on. Lightweight. I want to be a judge. 
I do too. All right, fight. All right. <laughs> Gabriel Benitez getting the TKO whenever Justin James four minutes six seconds into the first round. Not really how I thought this fight was going to go. If I must say, I, I really thought James might. Uh, was a fun fight. Though. I mean, I, yeah, it was fun. No, no it, it was but a fun yes. fight. But yes. I picked James to win this fight, and man, that knee to the body. I wrote OMG brutal knee, all caps. A brutal knee. I said that hurt me, OMG. So before <laughs> that happened, where did, how did you see the fight going before that? Oh, it was, I was going to score it for Benitez. I had the app open. I had verdict yeah. open, ready to score it, and then. Yeah. Oh man, that knee hurt me. I was sitting on the recliner and like crunched up in my yeah, chair. Yeah, I had a lot like, of fun with this one. I oh, was... this was a slobber knocker. They were going at it on the feet. Uh, great fight. Both had their moments, but Benitez was getting the better of it. Uh, he was winning the round, and then four minutes six seconds in, he landed that knee. Man, oh, James just crumbled. He yeah. curled up. That was it. It was bad. And I want to give props to uh, Benitez here because he was potentially fighting for his. Uh, his like UFC life here in yeah. a sense because he had lost two streets. Sure, it was one of the, was one of those to Sadiq Yusuf. Yes, it was. But then he had the loss to Omar Morales. If you lose a third straight after he's already kind of bounced back and forth between winning and losing, I'm sure you know he had lost Andre Feely. So like he's lost to some good guys. He beat Jason Knight, but at the end of the day, you know he's kind of been a 500 fighter. Mm-hmm. And if he had lost three straight here, you'd have to wonder. Is he really gonna keep fighting in the biggest promotion? But he looked great. Yep. And it, it was a tough knee for James to take oh. here. I was kind of disappointed in a way. I mean, it was a it was a highlight reel finish. Oh, it was perfectly. But I was like, man, time. I wanted to see more of that fight because mm. I really thought those guys were gonna potentially. I mean, that could have ended up being fight of the night if yeah. it had really continued. I don't know. That's a tough uh, mm. tough to beat that main event, but. Yeah, I mean, well, any other takeaway there? I mean, I was still uh, nothing to hang your head about. If you're Justin James, he was hanging in there. Again, they were both landing shots. Benitez, big win for him, a veteran mm-hmm. of the UFC now. I think that was his 10th fight in the UFC. So I liked it. A fun fight and excited to see what's next again. It's not like either of these guys would be getting top 15. Right. But, uh, you know, go on a stretch, get a stretch going. We've seen, I mean, obviously Benitez is fighting top 15 guys. He yeah. just fought Yusuf. He's fought Feely. So he's right there. You know, get a couple more. Yeah. We'll and for see. James, now he's one and two in the promotions. Now he has to start mm-hmm. and lost two straight. Gavin Tucker, though, about to fight Billy Q. <sighs> so, like, that's another guy that's got some promise. So, you know, he's losing to guys that are, you know, at a direct – it's good competition. Right, right. Uh, so, I'm, I don't, I'm sure he'll get another fight. Hopefully, I mean, who knows? Now we're talking about 60 fighters being yeah. cut. So, this could, both these guys could be gone for all we know. Mm-hmm. But at this moment <laughs> – at this moment, like, you know, I, I'm still excited to see what's next for James and Benitez. They put on a fun fight for the round that we got. Mm-hmm. And uh, overall, just another fight that led to what I'm talking about, this card being great. Yeah. Co-main event. Oh. Start with OSP. Missed weight. First time ever. First 40th time ever. career professional fight. I wonder if uh, Light Heavy just ain't for him anymore. Came in at 207 and a half. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if uh, that moved the heavyweight was, and he. Uh, I listened to his interview with the the Schmo, the Schmo. Uh, before their fight, and he said he was talking about his heavyweight fight, and he said that, like, there was punches he was landing on Ben Rothwell that would have dropped or finished oh, yeah, anybody at light heavyweight, and he was just like, he didn't feel big enough to be at that weight. He class. he didn't come in. Very, I don't know. Remember what he weighed, but he just it was like two thirty. Yeah, I mean Rothwell's. 
265. Yeah. He's Big top dude. of the class. So that's why he ultimately went back to light heavyweight, but I'm wondering if that weight cut just ain't for him anymore. He's yeah. an older guy at this point. Yeah, 37 now. He's had so many fights. A true veteran. You can't help but like this guy. Oh, I love, you know, I so love So just OSB. humble, quiet, Former football player. T- played football at the University of Tennessee. I felt bad when he lost this fight. I did too. I was watching, I was like, Oh, yeah, I picked Jamal, and he got the K. And we kind of had some fun talking but, about it. Damn, I was sad, man. I really yeah. was. First round, though, well, I loved the first let round. Let me just say, Jamal Hill did get the TKO win. Oh, yes. Second round, yes. three and a half minutes in. Now, continue. I love this first round. It was great. Very good round. A feeling out round, but a, but a lot of action. It Not was your a, typical slow-paced feeling out round. It's like uh, it's kind of like the, the fights that I take the most away from. Mm-hmm. Where, where you get that, what you're talking about, where it's like you're seeing these guys have like a chess match. Yeah, it was very good. And both were it. both were landing, but Jamal Hill, the body work. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, the left straights to the body were brutal. They were going to play a factor over a three-round fight, 100%. Uh, Jamal Hill's kind of like a leaner guy, sort of a skinny build like John Jones, but damn, he's got power, dude. I and love he, him. he showed it in this second round. He kind of controlled that whole second round. Yeah, he OSP did. didn't really do much. Three minutes, 37 seconds in, he went in for the kill. He beat up OSP bad against the fence. It was a standing up TKO. Yeah. Never went down or anything. Again, sad for OSP. It really sucked watching that. But Jamal Hill, buddy, welcome to the top 15. Welcome to the top. Of the light heavyweight division. Yep, I was going to say the same thing. This dude is for real, and I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you right now. I'm giving it to you right now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Jamal Hill, Jimmy Crute. That's it. There's the mic drop. Yeah. Uh, put Jimmy Crute, 12-1, and one, Jamal Hill undefeated. Put that into my veins. That's it. I just got chills. That is a great fight. I would even, <laughs> if I want to throw out another name, because that's tough to, I mean, it's hard. A lot of these guys are on, like, win streaks at the back, but because uh, Span's already matched up in his next fight. But then uh, Magomed Ankalaev, mm-hmm. give me that, too. Yeah. That might be, maybe that's too far ahead. Jimmy Crew, I like that. Oh, but. But, yeah, let me just say, Jamal Hill. Dude. For one, I already love the guy, the way he, this composure, the way he just presents himself. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a very calm, well-spoken guy. Getting shout-outs by John Jones, by yeah. the way, on Twitter. Um, I really like, in the lead-up here, just, like, his style. He's He has that, like, star potential, but he's not going out of his way to, like, force it. Right. Like, he's just a natural star. He's just confident in his skills. He's confident, he's well-spoken, but he's calm. He's... He doesn't he doesn't fall into that shit talk. He either. knows he's good. Yeah. And he knows there's so much more for him to do. And in this fight, you know, at first, that way that first round was going, I was like, oh OSP title shot coming up. I <laughs> know. <laughs> and I hate to like say that like I'm like joking. I, I legitimately say that because I do really love OSP and like I've like that midfield knockout was so impressive. He's a great fighter. He is. he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He fights everybody. Yeah. That's why, like you see, he has a lot of losses. But that's—I mean—he jumps in on late notice when yeah. he's fighting John Jones after DC. Has Went to five pull rounds, out. by the way, yeah. with John Jones. And here, though, yeah, what I my biggest takeaway was you see the feeling out process, and it was very fun to watch. Every both guys are landing. That second round, 
the moment mm. that Jamal Hill saw OSP slip, mm-hmm. he flipped the switch. And and he still did it in a way to where he wasn't. It was wild, smart. Wasn't crazy. He didn't leave his. He didn't leave his chin open. Oh, to, he was landing. But Ooh. once he saw that opening, it, the switch flipped, and he that killer, that killer yeah. instinct went in. And I'm like, that guy's gonna be fighting top five years. Oh, the, Jamal Hill is for real. I mean, that's why. Like in a way, when you say him versus Jimmy Crude, I'm like, oh no, I don't want to see either of those guys <laughs> lose. I'm like, can we wait till they're at the top of the top? But right. I, I get it. Like that's a great fight. And, yeah, that was, I mean, for Jamal Hill, like, he's going to be number 15. OSP oh, yeah. was ranked 15th going into this yep. fight. So, he's going to jump right in there. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's all up from here for him. I, the sky's oh, the yeah, limit. Yeah. I mean, I think this guy legitimately, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, future light heavyweight champion. He's good. Young, 29, 28, something like that. He's 29. 29. Birthday in May, so... You hit that. Hitting hits, that. He's hitting that prime. You know, he doesn't have a ton of, like, his professional experience is lower than some. Yep. So, therefore, again, it's fight years, not necessarily to age. Yep. And he's going to be hitting that athletic prime mm-hmm. here in the next couple of years. I think the, the stars are going to align a little bit mm-hmm. for him. And yeah. I'm very excited to see what's next for him. For OSP, what's next? Does he stick around at light heavy? I didn't like him at heavyweight. I know, I know. I'm the only person in the world. I just don't think he's. I don't know. I'm the just, only person. No, he's I'm, a thick, big dude. I'm but like, only, is he really a heavyweight? Yes, I know. I'm dumb. I like <laughs> the fight with Ben Rothwell. Sue me, people. I like that fight. But yes, I I agree that OSP looks much more comfortable and also like a better fighter at light heavyweight. You know, what would be cool though. What if he fought at heavyweight against Andre Arlovsky? Why would you do that to me? <laughs> Putting me, you make me, you want to make me choose between two of my favorite guys. I just think it'd be cool. It would blow my mind. <laughs> Listen, OSP is a vet. I don't want to say retirement. Just no, had a huge win I, against a good prospect. And here's what I will say: we were talking about first round KO because OSP's chin has looked a little suspect at times. He never went down. He never went down. That's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was he was done. He was done. But he, he never stay. he never went down. Yeah, right. And I think that's a testament because Jamal Hill's power looked oh powerful. He, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he's good, man. So I do just want to say uh, OSP. I think still has something left in the oh, tank yeah. if he wants to keep going. Um, you know, will he get back in that top fifteen? I could see it. I wouldn't even mind. Like, I don't think he should be getting these fights, but like a fight with Paul Craig. I what wouldn't. about like him and like a Khalil Roundtree? Yeah, something like I'd that. I'd be fine with me. You know, something like that. I mean... We, we clearly see there's not a title fight now. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, even though he shouldn't be fighting top 15 guys... Probably, he's good he's, enough to be. Like, I, I would... If they had him and Paul Craig, mm-hmm. that'd be fine with me. You could even go up a little higher, and I'd be like, okay. Even if they wanted to give him the... Like, him and Jimmy Crute, which I hope they don't, because I just kind of want to see him go back. Like, well, like, even him and a guy like Misha Serkinov. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you know? like it so does. Like I still think like that. I think OSP is still talented enough as a like I think he's a top fifteen talent. Yeah, he just won't be top fifteen right. after right. this fight. Um, but yeah, I mean that's really all that can be said there. I do just I hope that that wake. I mean, I, shit happens. As much as we can sit here and shit on people who don't make weight, shit happens. It, you never know what's going on, and it's the first time it's ever happened to him, and he's been fighting for as long as he has. Forty fights. So now. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but considering he was 
just a heavyweight. Yeah, he came down, fought Menafield, didn't seem to have any problems there. Uh, I just wonder if maybe it's a sign that maybe that cut to light heavyweight's becoming too much for him at his age. And I will say, Jamal Hill, <clears throat> my my second fighter of the night. I We're going to talk about my fighter of the night in just a second. But okay. so, Jamal Hill, dude, watch for him. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, hop on. Mm-hmm. Hop on. Now we move on to our main event. Oh. Obvious fight of the night. Beautiful uh, fight. We won't get into it now, but for our part two of our 2020 year in review, we're doing awards, and we're not just going to say who, you know, one fight of the year. Yeah, we're going to give our top We're going to go a few. We have to decide between uh, some. This fight might be on there for me. Or oh, me. this was a great fight. I mean, it's up there for oh, this yeah, year. Oh, yeah, this was great. great. So you had Marvin Vittori getting a unanimous decision win over Jack Hermanson, 49-46 on two judges' scorecards, 49-45 on the third one. Yeah. I mean, that's giving a 10 8 in the first yeah, round. I don't yeah. think I would have done that, but. I get it, but I don't. I think I'm a little more conservative on 10 8s. Maybe I shouldn't be, but I, I think it's just like. I think it's like the, the old head in me a little we bit. We are who we are. Yeah. So, Dom, um, I'll start by saying that this was, obvi- as I keep saying, a terrific <laughs> fight. Both guys showing a lot here. Uh, Vittori had the clear cut win here, but what I want to say is first round. Vittori drops and hurts bad Jack Hermanson. And if there was 30, 45 more seconds, that fight might have been done. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was. Hermanson did a good job. At first, I thought it was going to be done. But he somehow, Jack managed to just hang on. Mm -hmm. And Vittori kind of locked in a guillotine a couple times, which is a little of an iffy decision. Again, you know, I'm not in the moment. Probably wanted to conserve his gas tank, rightfully so. He ended up going five rounds. Holy shit. But, yeah, Vittori hurt Hermanson really bad. Close call. Hermanson survives. Round two. Another great round. Uh, This one went to the ground a little bit more with uh, Vittori, but this is a more closer round, I guess I should say. He did control the ground, uh, ground and pound, landed the better strikes on the feet. Vittori up 2-0. But, round three comes... I said there was the tide started to turn in round three, Noah. I don't know if you felt the same way, but Hermanson turned it on in round yes, three. Yes, he did. Hermanson looked good. What's amazing is, and I, I, sorry, I don't want to cut ahead. you off. Vittori nearly finishes that fight in the first round. Yes. And it looks like Hermanson's still feeling the effects of that throughout the second. Yeah. And Vittori just looks great. But in the third round, Hermanson looked like the fresher fighter. Oh, yeah, he did. I thought the rest of the fight was... Gonna go there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really did. Uh, Hermanson looked great in round three. Now we've got... Oh, we've got two to one going into the championship rounds. Round four comes out. Oh, round four and round five. Dude. Two of the best rounds of the year. Yeah. Again, this is one of the best fights of the year. Back and forth. This fight uh, set the all-time record for significant strikes landed in a middleweight five... Fine or middleweight fight ever. And guess what that and guess what fight that passed? It was uh Whitaker Romero too. One of the best fights of all time. So what's that tell you? This was an awesome fight. Yes. Um I did score round four for Vittori. I was gonna it was going in Hermanson's favor, in my opinion, until like the last minute Vittori started landing the bigger shots, the more significant shots, and I think that stole him that round four, therefore, okay. Three to one going into round five. Hermanson's got to get a finish. Yeah. Round five, 
Oh, another great round. Yep. Just like round four, very close. I ended up scoring it for Vertori. Round three, four, five, all on the feet. Incredible fight. Very technical, but very powerful. Great striking at the same time. 49-46, or you already said it, times two, and then a 49-45 mm-hmm. for Vittori. Vittori looked good, and so did Hermanson, by the this way. This fight exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Both fighters exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I mean... Vittori put his name on the map, finally. They both looked like top five guys. Yes. Because, yes. look, Hermanson, did I say he was going to lose this fight? Did I predict that? Yes. And you would go, oh, you're predicting him to lose to a guy ranked 13th. You must think Hermanson might be a little overrated. No, maybe I did have some of that, but that's not really what I was thinking. Maybe I thought that against Kelvin Gastelum. But the reason for that is because really the only time we see him lose against this upper echelon of fighters was Jared Cannonier, mm-hmm. a fight where he was is very one-sided. Yeah, I mean, coming into last night, he had won seven of his last eight. Yeah. The only one. And he's looked Cannonier. great besides that, but yeah. that one fight. And Cannoneer is great, don't get me wrong, but that one fight, like, hurt my... It changes the course of yeah. your career. And it, like, just made me go, like, oh, I don't know if he's really, like, ever going to be, like, a title challenger. But after that fight, man, I mean, I both these guys could conceivably be challenging Adesanya or whoever for a belt in the future, depending oh. on what happens there. So. Hey. And if Vittori ever gets that chance, we're talking That's rematch. That's talking rematch. I think they could really build that well. Vittori cause... talks that shit. <laughs> oh Vittori is confident as ever. Did you hear what he was saying in his they, post-fight interview? Half of his interview was beeped out because <laughs> it was on ESPN. So I saw the oh. unedited <laughs> clip on, on... He wants on the UFC video yeah, game. Yeah, he said, put me on the fucking game. <laughs> then he calls out number two ranked Boracina. Woo! Paulo Costa. There's yep. A, um, sign me up. Sign me up, please. Sign me up. What a call out. Perfect call out. Didn't call Perfect. for the title. Didn't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. He said, this will be a hell of a fight. Well, well uh, Marvin, I agree. <laughs> I'll see you in 2021. Main eventing a fight night with Paulo Costa. That's it. That's you got to make that fight. 100%. Then, I, I, even if Costa wins, uh, Costa's in a weird spot right now. But if Marvin wins... Title shot. Yeah. Don't know who the champ's going to be, but title shot. Mm-hmm. Hermanson, I think you do till. I think you do till as well. It was already going to happen. I don't think Jack's going to get punished very badly for losing this fight. He'll go to five or six. And uh, I just think for Darren Till, it's a fight that you still need mm-hmm. to fight a guy like Hermanson who's good everywhere, but he's a guy that's really good at grappling, and Darren needs tested there, I yeah. think, to really prove himself because we know how good of a striker he is. Hermanson too. That's so right now Hermanson's fourth before yep. you know they updated on Tuesday. Number five is Joao Romero who just got cut. Yeah. So, so you put Hermanson five, Vittori yeah. at four, or you put Hermanson at six. Uh, put Vittori t- at five and then Till at four. I mean that's just kind of up to you how you want to do that. Um, that's just I'm just saying like yeah. maybe I don't know if that's too high to put Vittori. I don't think so. I think he looked great. The the only other fight if they want to go a different route with Till because the UFC loves Darren Till. Everybody loves Darren Till. Yeah. Derek Brunson. Yeah. Like, that's the only other one. But that's, I think Hermanson Till too. makes sense. Yeah. It was the fight that you were going to have. Might as well do it. Yeah. Uh, 100%. And I, man, this fight was great. It exceeded my expectations. Vittori Costa. <laughs> Woo. That fight's exciting, man. I mean, Vittor- and here's what's so amazing. Someone will be finished. My that. prediction for this fight. I said I thought you would see 
pretty much everything MMA has to offer. You would see the stand-up, you would see the ground game, you would see the clinch work. We didn't see a lot of ground game here. And no clinch. And guess what? Most of that being because Vittori was able to keep the fight on the feet. We're talking about a guy that has nine of his 11 finishes via submission. And he is so comfortable on the feet. Yes. And he looked great on the feet. And the power in his shots. And when I, in round two, when it did go to the ground, his transitioning. Yeah. Wow, yeah. man. He had one where he was, uh, had, or Jack was in full guard and immediately transitioned out the back, took his back essentially, and then was able to get right back up. I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, this dude is. All around mixed martial artists here. People said Hermanson's route to win here was to get the fight to the ground, and we were like, "Well, not so fast." Yeah, and that proved to be true. Is yeah. that with a guy like Vittori, you have to plan for him everywhere and anywhere, and he showed that. I mean, yeah, again, you didn't see a lot of clinch work, but I mean, I'll take away more from the striking and grappling than yeah. anything else. And once the fight was a stand-up war in those later rounds, I mean, he was getting the better of it. And it was never sloppy. No. Great. As much as I love a fight like Usman and uh, Usman and Covington, great fight. They're not strikers. The striking was a little sloppy at times because they are natural grapplers. Right. And because their grappling kind of canceled out, you get the stand-up war that was great to watch. But like, give me that striking that we just yeah. saw. Like, that's that's telling me that. That's both a were picking their big power shots, but most of it was piecing each other up. Yeah, and I, I like awesome. and I like Vittori's brashness to him. He's got that. He's he's, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Com- yeah, he does. Confident, but he also has the cockiness. It's yeah. not just confidence. He's he knows, and he's going to let you know how good he is. Well, I feel like for him, it's like he feels like Disrespect. he has to. Yeah, because he's like. You're not giving, pro- yeah. showing me that I'm worth it, and I know I'm worth it. Yeah, he put he put the fans on notice last night, and he put the UFC on notice. Last and night. he put EA on. Yes, notice. he did. EA Sports. He called out DC. He said, <laughs> "Dan or Cormier, I know you're friends with them over there. Put me in the damn game." So DC's on. the That's just phone. so. I love these fighters right. calling to be put on the game. That's so there, funny. There's to a me. lot of fighters that ain't in the game. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm just saying that's funny to me that yeah. like these guys are like. That's like the first thing they say. They're like, put me on the damn game. You, you do got to think, like, as a kid growing up playing video games, and you're always like, oh, how cool would it be if I'm, you know, I'm in a game. And then they're living out their dream. They're in the UFC, and it's like, wait, I'm not in the game. <laughs> but why am I in the game? It's like Vittori had to buy UFC 4 and still create himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we did as kids. Exactly. And it's like, damn. Yeah. So EA Sports, put Marvin <laughs> Vittori in the game. UFC, book Vittori and Paulo Costa. Right now. Yes. Please. UFC 258. 259. 260. I don't give a fuck. Put it on Connor and... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he needs rest. Yeah, I, I, rest. I give him some time. But seriously, like, spring of 21? Woo! That's a good one. That's a fight night headliner written all over it. Oh, man. Five rounds of that? Ooh. Really proven? That would be a big test for Costa, too? Yeah. Well, we know who we'd favor in a five-round fight, I would think. After what I saw out of Vittori last night. Potentially. But that fight won't go five rounds. No way. I couldn't imagine. I, wouldn't, I would hope not. <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap that up. Yeah, go watch that fight if you didn't. Yeah, please do. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a beauty to watch. Uh, we're have. closing the book. The chapter has been written. The ink is dry. Oh. 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 Our rating. Oh, we didn't, we didn't do this last week. Damn it. 
I wanted to make it a thing, and then I forgot last week. So do you want to do it? you want to make it a thing? No. Well, yeah, starting today. Okay. <laughs> so what was your... We're start, starting today. So we are we doing, to start are we this doing last ju- week. We're doing just main card, right? Yes. Okay, so what was your rating for the main card? Out of 10. And I feel like... Okay, so hold on. Let, let's talk about this on air right now. Yeah. Did we, did we ever have this? Or was this off air when we talked about this? No. We. I mean, we did it for Felder Anjos. So we just missed last week. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, go. <laughs> so, are we going to do this for pay-per-views as well? Oh, 100%. Okay, well then I think we need two different scales here because pay-per-views already have the bigger fights naturally. Okay. So I think pay-per-views, we do letter grades. Oh. Fight nights we do out of 10. Do out of 10. Oh, very cool. Do we get plus and minuses? Yes, we do. Okay, cool. This fight night was a solid 8.5. Ooh. I was going to go 8. If you remember, I really love the If you remember Felder Anjos, you gave it a 6.5. I gave it a 7. Yep. You gave this an 8.5. I think I'm going to go 8. So you I was going to go bit. eight. That main event. Oh, the main event was yeah, and like really, these were great fights. And if you're talking about for a fight night, and again, I know it's only eight fights in total, but we're talking about just the main card here. You get your five fights, not a stinker on here, really. I mean, yeah, yeah, it wasn't at all. Yeah, I mean, man, maybe I do go eight point. Actually, yeah, that shitty judging and the Delizze fight. All right, it's an eight out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> all because of you, Chris Lee. But anyways, we are. Now. Closing the book. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a PS. The chapter has been written. The ink is dried on hashtag UFC Vegas 16. Please check out that main event if you haven't. As for the rest of the week, I'm Wednesday. On, I'm on giddy. Wednesday, this episode's going to be a little extra special. The month of December is going to be for our special episodes a look back at 2020. No better. 2020. Way to do it. Well, let me get the right title in here. 2020. Or is it 2020 year in review? A year in review. A year in review. <laughs> Part one Wait, coming this. Just year in review. Part one coming this <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, you'll see it when you see it. Part one coming this Wednesday. A look back at Fight Island. Let's be honest. Fight Island's been the biggest overarching takeaway from 2020 when it comes to MMA and its response to COVID-19. And one of the biggest in all of sports. Yes. So I think it's only appropriate that we do dedicate an episode to, you know, we, we did the documentary and we were able to talk about a lot of those factors behind the scenes because that's what that documentary was giving us. But this gives us a chance to really break down some of these cards that we didn't get a chance to because we didn't start the podcast until August. So we get to look back at UFC 251 talk about some of those fight nights after like what our big takeaways were what were our thoughts going into those fights you know and and of course just fight island yeah it's it's everything and also this will be a chance for us to talk about our 2020 yeah the the highs the lows everything in between between. Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that'll be a great starting point for our 2020 year in review and then part two which will come two weeks later the year in the year the 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 year in awards we're gonna have to wear tuxedos it's the award yeah. show. Yeah. It's the the award shows MMA podcast. They won't be able to first, see us. First annual award show. Yeah. This is gonna be awesome. We're gonna be wearing tuxedos. They came and see us. <laughs> We're talking fighter of the year. We're talking fight of the year. We're talking newcomer of the year. We're talking most disappointing fight of the year. Most disappointing fighter of the year. 
most surprising fight of the year, and last but not least, most surprising fighter of the year. It's going to be a... Yes. Are all those necessary? Maybe not, but I'm excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) But that's what's to come. And then Friday, of course. Well, before Friday. Or do we want to go out with Thursday? I think when you talk... Okay. When we get into social media, that's where you plug. Friday. Friday, UFC 256, headlined by Davis and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. And tell him that co-main. That co-main being Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. I mean, that's a great card. We're going to break it all down. We'll potentially be doing more than just five no, fights. We're going to be we gonna do some. Potentially. We might be doing a couple, actually. We might be doing like ten. <laughs> by the way, episode 50. Episode 50. Okay. Let it take half a hundred. Yeah. Who would have thought? Look at us. <laughs> Just out here. But we're going to be re- uh, previewing that main card along with anything else that sticks out with this. Yes, yes. Um, there will be things that stick out. Yeah, so that is the rest of the week. What? A, oh, this is one of my favorite weeks we've ever I had. Know. This might be my favorite week we've ever had. Well, big praise. Mm-hmm. So, Dom, huh. tell the good people where they can find you on social media. You can find me on Twitter. And Instagram at Dsley14. You can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at B A J underscore MMA podcast. And you want to do that because Thursday the big announcement is coming, people. You want to be there for it because things are changing, changing and they're looking up for the better. Oh, this is this is big. We're in too deep. <laughs> I want to sing like I'm just a kid <laughs> but instead instead here I am doing a podcast with you yeah. I'm in too deep now oh this is we are so excited to share this I'm so Th- excited this is, I'm nervous yeah. I have that like good butterflies where yeah. it's like what's next I, I feel like we're really gonna legitimize ourselves here hmm. with the MMA community <laughs> and our listeners. Yeah. As for me, I'm going to say it. You got to go. You got to go. <laughs> As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you links to all the platforms that this podcast are on, along with our social medias the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, the Anchor page along with Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there. And there's a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. All that does is give us a few dollars a month. All that money goes back into improving either the audio quality of the podcast or down the road doing a video podcast. Mm. So, again, you can find all that on my bio at Twitter, Instagram, at... Wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. We're, wait, what are we doing? We're following Twitter, at Twitter, Sorry. and Instagram. At- Man, I thought I had nailed that that little thing I do there but so you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at Ah. NT Baker wait NT Baker (laughs) underscore okay Uh, but with that we're out and we're gonna see y'all on Wednesday woo